This is Neon Radio, episode 149 on Finding Your Catnip with Marie Griffin. Welcome to Neon Radio. I'm your host, Nick Onkin, fashion and lifestyle photographer for today's top brands, performers, and game changers. On this podcast, we explore the body, mind, and soul of the creative entrepreneur, bringing you inspiring guests to help take your creativity, business, and life to the next level. Hello, hello, fellow Neonites. Welcome to another episode of Neon Radio. It's good to be back here. We've got a special guest for you today. But before that, don't forget to go over to the community over at neonlife.com slash community. That's an I-O-N, life.com slash community. You can also go over to neonlife.com slash quiz and take the creative score quiz where we serve you up some free content and uh, episodes based off where you're at in your creative journey to help catalyze and help you grow and learn from where you're at. But there's a whole archive of podcasts. We are at now, what, 149, which means that there are another 148 episodes in the archives that you can go back to with guests like Usher, Donna Karen, Sophia Chang, Chantel Martin, and so many more amazing creatives and people that will help you in your personal life, relationships. We just had Jordan Harbinger on last week talking about building lifeline relationships to help you in your journey. So many amazing guests. So go check the archives out and go to neonradio.com and uh, cruise through those as well. So now we have today, we have Marie Griffin, and she is the founder of Griffin marketing and PR, but she's been working with everyone under the sun for years and uh, everyone from Stella McCartney to many, many high-level celebrities in PR and media training. So helping to deliver your message to the world in a, in a very clear way. But what she's really good at is her secret process of helping you find what's uniquely you and delivering that to the world through your creative outlets and things like that. Her approach is finding out from a holistic perspective of who you are, what makes you you, and your unique gift to the world, which is called your catnip. So today's episode is all about discovering what your catnip is and how you can utilize that to best serve your audience, your business, and everything that you do, whether it's creating art, whether it's being on television, And really any public-facing outlet that you have, even social media, things like that. So today, I'm excited to bring to you the one and the only Miss Marie Griffin. What is up, everyone? We are back with another episode of Neon Radio. And today, we've got the amazing Marie Griffin on the show. Welcome. Thank you. Great to be here. Great to be here. I'm glad I'm glad you're here because we're going to talk about some amazing things. Marie is uh, an amazing, it works in marketing and PR, has her own business and has worked with everyone, every client under the sun from personalities to brands, Stella McCartney, Tom's Shoes, many, many people we can't name who are at the top of their game. You can name all the media training. I mean, you can name all the Griffin marketing and PR ones. Because if you look at Griffin Marketing PR, there was broadcast. So anyone I've done broadcast for, I'm perfectly happy to speak about because okay. I'm very visible. People we media train, 
I don't speak about, but that list has a little bit of a mix. So I can bring up some that we do television for, but not necessarily. We keep the media training ones kind of on the on down the, low. On the DL. And, and we worked together in the past as well, which has been amazing. That was like, that was a while ago. Yes. That was, that was, that was a few years ago, but Absolutely. it was a great process. And I'm sure you guys have many different processes for all the different things. That you, I mean, obviously working with companies versus personalities and, and individuals. So I'd love to kind of shed a little bit of context into how you work with companies versus how you work with individuals. Okay. So to break this down, when I started Griffin Marketing and PR 24 years ago now, it started as a broadcast media PR firm. So all we did was broadcast PR, no print, no events, all television, because I had a background in television. And in doing that, right off the bat, people needed to be media trained. So if you look at the business and you look at, if you go to whatsyourcatnip.com, our website, you see lots and lots of clients. We've sprinkled in, it only represents about half of our clients. A lot of them, we, we don't name anyone by name. We name companies, but you see broadcasts and you see some media training, mm-hmm. you see them mixed in together. So your question again, specifically so was say like, yeah, so context. Say, uh, yeah, how do you work with, brand, uh, say, a brand like Tom's Shoes? Let's let's get perfect, an perfect example. Like example. In the case of Blake, we were brought into Tom's to at the launch of the company only to handle broadcast. So that whole idea under Griffin Marketing and PR was to secure television for for Blake and the team. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that I'm most proud of that we did is we did a CBS Sunday morning piece. Mm. And when you work on a CBS Sunday morning piece, it takes several months, several months to secure it, several months for them to plan it because you don't pay them to do it. And then several months to shoot it. So we went to Ethiopia together. We did a shoe drop there, which was just one of the most powerful experiences of my life. We also went and shot on Blake's boat. We went and shot um, to his book tour. So it has many elements that mm. are part of it. And in the end, we did every morning show with Blake. We did when Tom's, we did Today, we did GMA, we did CBS. Then we did all the entertainment shows. We did business shows, basically covering everything over a series of years. Mm. Because wait, television has to kind of spread things out a little bit. Yeah. Um, and that would be in a way that we worked with Tom's. So handled all of their broadcasts. At at one point, there was nothing left to put him on. He had basically been (laughs) on on everything. Yeah. Uh, Because Tom's, from a brand perspective, I mean, if there was any powerful brand that's easy, one for one, I don't think that anybody has really captured that space of it's completely self-explanatory. Yeah. Buy a shoe, we give a shoe. Yeah. And it was just very, very simple. Everybody got it. It involved a lot of storytelling. Mm. So from a brand perspective, they kind of just hit that spot on right out of the gate. Yeah. Everything about it was pretty darn flawless. Yeah. So a lot of it was focused around Blake in terms of like getting him placement on broadcast. Yeah, specifically Blake and the overall arching story. But Blake was the star of that story, let's say, because it was his idea, how he came up with it how it was then basically executed, you know, he really was at the forefront of all yeah. of that. Got it. So it's, so it's like you're working with companies that create placement, but then you're also working with the spokesperson and the individuals on the, on the congruent messaging. Right. So then if we look at the media training side, on the media training side, we could be media training someone for anything. It could be we prepare people for the Academy Awards, for the BAFTAs, to go in front of Congress, 
to be on television for a New York Times article. It could be internal communications. So it's many different things. And the people involved could be athletes, actors. We do it for the movie studios, for the junkets. It could be lots of CEOs, venture capitalists, venture capitalists for then their companies. It could be, oh my gosh, it goes, it goes kind of on and on. I'm always kind of surprised who the next one is. Our business is 100% referral. Mm-hmm. For tw- we only built a website when we created CapNip for 23 years. We wow. didn't have a website. So every single client came only through referral. And that's something that I was really proud of that every, it was just tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. Yeah. And it, it just really worked. It's amazing. Yeah. So in terms of working with brands that you were specifically asking, so we talk about congruence and what is congruence? Congruence is when the inside and the outside match. Mm -hmm. So whether that be even you as a person speaking to me now or a brand and spokesperson, a brand and messaging, it has to fit. Yeah. And you can sense when it doesn't fit. Mm -hmm. So let's say a company has a spokesperson. Let's say they bring us on to have a spokesperson. Sometimes they bring us on before they even sign the spokesperson and say, would you kind of, would you go and spend some time with XX and X and be able to come back? Because they may think that the biggest name or the biggest followers are the most congruent. No, it could be someone who is really authentic for that, for that brand. Yeah. So, you know, when it's kind of really not a fit, yeah. But then also, let's say we're working with an individual, the message that the body is sending is completely incongruent to the message that they're, that's coming out of their mouth. Right, right, right. Because right. the body is speaking as loudly as the voice at all times. Yeah. So we have to go in and figure out like, okay, so what's really going on here? Got it. That there's not a fit. Because as a consumer, you can sense that immediately. You automatically know that that just doesn't feel right. Yeah. And it can even be internally in a company where even how someone isn't getting along or in sync with somebody they hire, they hire a star, it's all supposed to work. And then all of a sudden there are things that are just not working. So we're not HR. So we have the advantage of going in and we, meaning me and my sister Bunky, we've worked together for the past 12 years that we go in together and we're able to we're excavators. Yeah. We can dig and we can get the gold nuggets out and we could figure out where the problems are and then come back with solutions that work for everybody without giving away what the person's challenge was. And nothing is revealed to HR. Yeah. We just go in and fix it. Mm-hmm. So we're really the fixers in, in that way. Got it. So a lot of times you also get hired to like find the right spokesperson for the brand. And we are definitely consulted on who would be a right fit and then be part of that interview process Got so it. that they can make, because we come with so much branding. If you go all the way back to where I started, I have, oh my gosh, I'm going to age myself so much here, but 35 years of working because I left school really early to yeah. start work. And I left school after freshman year, but I was able to bring years of branding, years of marketing. Bunk brings years of design. So we have all of these disciplines yeah. So when we go into work with a company, so let's say you're a cosmetic company. Cosmetic company may hire us to media train the lead makeup artist. The lead makeup artist is also a star in his or her own right, having built up their own name for a certain amount of time. But then there's lots of branding associated with whatever given cosmetic company it is. And you need to find that integration. How do you keep that talent 
as pure as they were, why they were brought on, and maintain the values of the brand. Yeah. So that's a delicate balance. Ego-wise, it's delicate. There's all kinds of something we're known for that I'm very known for with Bunk is, is care and trust. Mm-hmm. Those are things that kind of like are really, we'll get to that, but that's really what my catnip is. Yeah. Trusted to understand all these nuances. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you go to our love page, you'll see that that's people just say, I don't know what the magic is, but you did it. Yeah. And it was the great, and it was the right result. You guys create magic. We create magic. People mm-hmm. say that people say that to us a lot. It's because we come with yeah. a lot, a lot of experience and very sensitive, intuitive yeah. way of working with people. Yeah. So I guess let, now let's like jump over to the context of working with an individual primary. Let's say like let's say use an artist for an example. Mm-hmm. Whether maybe a makeup artist, but more like I guess what kind of artists have you worked with first of all, and then maybe we can talk about an example of how like how that looks, like the context of how that looks when you guys work with them. Uh, could it be a music artist? Yeah, sure. Sure. Okay. So a music artist with the mar- the media training that we do is that we've taken media training from detention to a master class from ingenues and startups to legends and leaders. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, let's take an ingenue music star, somebody new, somebody fresh, somebody young, who is about to kind of go out into the world. Mm-hmm. So we'll work with that person in very, very, very unique ways. Because let's say they're quite young. You've got a lot of award shows. You've got a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And they're at the very, very beginning of their career. And the media may want to define you, but it's your role, as young as you are, to define yourself. Right. So there was one artist that we worked with that was a really fascinating way. And I wanted to work with this person using audio Mm. because let's say we were working in a branding context in a branding context with an established brand. Maybe we would work around where do you fit into other brands? Let's say you're a clothing brand and I'd say, okay, we're going to cut all the labels out of your clothes. All the labels on one given floor in Bergdorf's are going to have no labels we have to send somebody in to find your clothes mm-hmm. on the entire floor. What are what defines you? What are the words? What does it feel like? What does it look like? How would you undeniably send somebody in and pull all of your clothes? With a young artist, I did something completely different, and I used all sound. Mm-hmm. So to help her decide a little bit about who she was, I brought her in and just started playing music. People she had never even heard of. Oh, wow. Because it could be, I mean, if she's quite young, you know, in her teens, she hasn't had a very, very wide library like you and I would have for so many years. Yeah. So she was able, and I would ask her to describe, what did she feel? What was coming from that? What was she picking up? It was very interesting because some things that maybe you and I listening to music for a long time have our own perceptions because we have emotion attached to that music, whether we fell in love, whether it was something with school, whether whatever it was that music brings up, this was somebody totally pure Mm -hmm. and would just be able to like give a word, give a word. Yes. And how, how she was beginning to craft this kind of way and then start to be able to look at herself because as we get towards there's media training and then there's the as we get towards catnip it's what makes you different from everybody else mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So then I could play things in similar genres for her and then have her further craft. What were those nuances of each one and what one became even more and more pronounced? Mm. So we can use visuals. We could use audio. We could use memory. We could use all kinds of tools to use what we, to do what we do. Yeah. But in this one, it was completely audio so that she could relate and feel and understand things she had never heard of before. She's like, I love that, and I want to hear more of that. And she had language like coming fast, mm. fast and furious about who she thought those people were to her. Yeah. This way, so when she goes out into the world, she's already beginning the art of crafting who she uniquely is mm. in the world so that the media just, the media loves to say, oh, she's, you know, she's a young Madonna. Yeah. Oh, please. It's not creative enough. I mean, you have new talent here. You could do so much better than that. Yeah. So that's kind of one of the ways that we could yeah. do something. The other thing, too, is what are your boundaries? What don't you want the press to know? What's held back in your family? Not protectively in a like something crazy happened, but more like, no, this stays here. I'll give you this much. Yeah. And you could tell that some people in their career boundaryless is kind of, you need to set some mm -hmm. guidelines because you need to be grounded. What we do in our work is we ground you, we give you roots. So no matter how crazy things are that blowing around, yeah, you are able to handle any situation. You know who you are, you know what your values are, you know how to define yourself. So yeah. no one's going to go off into a path and define you in a way that is not true to who you are. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I did that. Love that. So now how can you, I'd love to hear how you, you know, kind of a little bit more of your story of how you got to doing this and how, you know, sure, your, kind of your path. Let's see. I'm, if we go way back, I'm second of four girls. We grew up in Scarsdale, New York, and it was, it was just a very great time to grow up in the sixties. And we went to elementary school was Catholic, and then high school was Catholic all-girls school, which was also a very unique situation, With during, especially with all that's going on right now. I felt that we were tremendously supported by nuns and felt very empowered, very empowered, never ever thought for a moment there was nothing you couldn't do, yeah. and everything was supported around you. So, And a great, great group of girls just was very real. It was perfect. I always knew that I wanted to be involved in fashion. We've had we grew up with a very glamorous mother. <laughs> always watched mom doing her makeup, wore wigs. She was just really quite beautiful. And the dream was to work for a magazine, always. Oh, wow. So I would be there riding my bike with like all these magazines in the basket, <laughs> go up to Scarsdale Village. And that's all I really wanted to do was work for a magazine. So when it came time for school, I went to a school in the city called the Laboratory Institute of Merchandising, which is now LIM College. It was I was an, an Excel student, so it was only for one year for me. And I went because I knew they would I could do an internship. Yeah. They were in Manhattan and walked in. So right out of the gate, my internship started right about November. So I had only been in school a very short time. I interned at 17 and was really like in heaven complete heaven like is this like for, like Whitney Houston would be in you know sitting in the reception area it was just magic for $12,000 a year I mean <laughs> it was pure magic right I was 19 yeah so they offered me a job right what well, during the internship they said when you graduate come back 
So there I was, 19 years old. I turned 20 that summer after, so I started really early. And I immediately was put on a 48-city tour on television. Wow. So that was the meet and greet. That was when retailers really supported the magazines. That's where the money came from, yeah. advertisers and retailers. And I would go and do the dog and pony show, produce fashion shows, promote advertisers, uh, do all the meet and greet with the girls. And I would travel with cover girls wow. that were like one year younger. And that was that was a whole lot of magic. And I mean, the heyday of the heyday of editorial. yeah, magazines were this thick. <laughs> their money was flowing, at least from the editorial side, <laughs> the advertiser side. So that's what I did, and that was the first experience with television. Wow, we were message trained. We weren't media trained, so they knew that I would be good, and I got out there and was able to perform, whether it was having yeah. dinner with the president of the store or whether it was appearing on television, appeared on radio a lot, yeah. did all kinds of things. Yeah. And Okay, so what's the difference it. between message trained and media trained? When we were message trained, we were message trained as a group. There were other merchandising editors who traveled as well. And so it would be, here are the fall trends. So this is what back to school looks like. Media training is highly individual one-on-one, -on -one, okay. how is someone relating? What's going on? How do they put together thoughts? Yeah. How do they deliver a message? Do they actually have space in between ideas? Is everything run on? What's the body language? What are you going to wear? Yeah. You know, How does this all look? How does it look? How does it feel? So the media training was completely different. And I always would think, wow, I have a feeling it would have been a good idea if I was media trained before this. Mm -hmm. But no, they trusted that go out into the into the world and do a great job representing the magazine. That was another area where you had brand and individual, the integration of me as a person representing an iconic mm. brand, cherished brand. Right. And that it would be done. There's a lot of trust there yeah. because whoa, it was 17. You've yeah. got it it's got to all be pretty perfect. And um, it was a lot of fun. So after three years at 17, and this is another part of something I talk about in Catnip is relationships. Someone that I worked with, Mary Gallagher, started a job at this company in Paris. And she said, I'm going to go up in a London office. I told them that you'd run New York. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I left 17 and went over to Promo Steel. And it was the first think tank for trend forecasting in the world based in Paris. Yeah. Uh, Danielle and Sebastian de Diesbeck. And my role was co-director running New York with another person who was a consultant yeah. as well as I was. And we worked with the best brands in the world, taking global trends, reinterpreting them for the specific client. And it also had a sales aspect, which was a little bit of a change from 17. But that's part of this process is sometimes you do some things, sales weren't exactly what I was going for, but I had to sell the client to bring them in to consult with them. Yeah. And I lived in LA a week a month for the whole time. I was there in total. I was in the trend world for about a dozen years. Wow. Okay. And I loved it because it was, again, consulting, all these people taking trends, interpreting them specifically. So clients could have been Levi's, North Face, Nike, Ocean Pacific to health techs, Big Pen a really wide variety of clients and kind of understanding what their needs were. And they relied heavily on us to direct them. Yeah. And after a while, I decided to move to LA. 
And while I was there, I also got involved in another business where I had all new business development and marketing. It was a company called Popeye. Okay. And Popeye documented pop culture on video for Fortune 500 corporations. Yeah. So then we went really wide. Coke, Pepsi, Sony, Warner Brothers, Democratic Party. And we basically were able to show in a very raw format without any reinterpretation, this is exactly what's happening with 18 to 34-year-olds. Yeah. And that was the time, it was the early 90s, and it was when grunge was happening, when water was kind of taking over instead of soda, the beginning of a lot of tea and tattoos and yeah. snowboarding. In the early 90s were a complete explosion of change. And we helped people in glass towers, marketing and vice presidents that weren't in these situations at the Ink Slingers Ball or on the slopes. or mm. So we brought that world to them. And that was another whole kind of wonderful experience yeah. um, working with the best consumer brands in the world. Wow. It was a great experience. So yeah. after doing that for some time, it takes a while to explain this. It wasn't like a 10-minute <laughs> career. Um, it came time that I wanted to come back to New York and start Griffin Marketing and PR. I started a PR firm having never worked in PR, <laughs> which was interesting. Yeah. Um, I just, and I'll, I'll take you through the process if you want me to. Before I did it, I decided I'll interview for some jobs. Maybe I'll just took that one foot out because when I was living in LA, I was independent already. But I was referred for a really, really big job. And it required nine interviews. And I thought, okay, I'll go and let me see what this is all about. But it was for one brand. Yeah. And I didn't see myself ever working for one brand. Yeah. I had worked for too many brands at one time. Right. And yeah. I needed that level of stimulation. That's another part of knowing who you are. And I passed on that job and I decided to open Griffin Marketing and PR. Again, never having worked in PR and taking on broadcast. Yeah. And it was a kind of a process that's very catnip related when we get to catnip yeah. that I'll explain how I kind of came to that yeah. and why it was the right thing for me. And it's been a wild, fantastic ride. I love it. It's been pretty fantastic. I love it. Well, yeah, let's, let's kind of jump into catnip because I, I know that this is, you know, when you, when we were talking about it a couple of weeks ago, you're telling me about it. I, I love the whole idea, especially as an artist in terms of like internal meets external and internal, con you know, internal world, you know, if you're staying congruent with your external output, mm -hmm. essentially, mm -hmm. um, and messaging and all that, I, f I feel that's highly important. I feel like a lot of people listening could really use like that idea and understanding. So, so yeah, I'd love to hear. So tell us about catnip, the overall idea, and then we can go from there. Sure. Well, catnip came to me in the shower as where all good ideas come from. And then I would drive around and perfect that idea, but everything comes either in the shower or in the car. And something that I have found from working over all those jobs was that when you did sit down with companies, people, they really struggled with what their catnip was. Yeah. Even if they were seasoned, it could be a CEO speaking about a brand. It can be it could be an artist. It could be whomever. Yeah. And many people just have not stopped and thought about it very yeah. critically. It does require like stepping yeah. back. That's one thing when you're working on one brand, you're so brand centric yeah. that you don't have enough coming from outside. Yeah. So I knew that there was this kind of piece that was 
a struggle. They had the basis of it, but it wasn't until you kind of brought in other things like the music in that case or brought in other brands or just yeah. kind of shook things up a little bit that then they were able to kind of like crack that nut. Yeah. So it came to me in that way. And what I decided is I wanted to bring it to colleges and universities. Yeah. And why not give students this advantage, competitive advantage of being able to begin the process of identifying, cultivating, and articulating what makes them unique. Right. Let's get a jump start on this and start it early. Yeah. So I have media training on one side, which is what I do. Broadcast when I I just really specialize. I just do things that I really love and some yeah. big things like CBS Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. But in the case of catnip, why students was really start this now. Start this while you're in school, before you start internships, while you're still in that real development phase start identifying what makes you unique. So I yeah. launched at Stanford and that in itself was a whole lot of magic Yeah, because usually alums speak at Stanford. So this was something very special. Wow. Thanks to an alum. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which was very nice. <laughs> they all nice. love to tell you they're alums, right? <laughs> yes, totally. And I created it in a way, I made it very interactive. Oh, so what is catnip? Catnip is powerful. Mm -hmm. It's memorable. And it's very fast. Mm, so everybody has a story. Yeah, Everybody has a story. But the decisions that you make about people and about brands is much faster than the story. Mm. It's like lightning fast. All the decisions that you make from where you're going to dinner to whose jeans you're wearing to whose music you're listening to is all coming from just like zing. Like if you had to say to somebody like the hotel you were showing me before – you weren't going to tell me five stories about it. You could say one, two, three words, and it would be like, bam, that's, that's mm. a fit. That's where I'm going. So that's basically what catnip is. Catnip is what makes you stand out and what makes you set apart. Okay. So the important things about it are it's not necessarily the prettiest, the fastest, the richest, the whatever-ist. Right. Everyone has catnip. And it's completely unique to them. Nobody else has your catnip. Yeah. Because your catnip, it, for some people, it's a combination of life experience. For some people, it's around a passion that maybe it's, you know, you know, every baseball score from, and that's the guy, you know, that's yeah. the person. It can come from any one of these areas. For some students, it could be the way they combine different majors that they're studying especially at Stanford, they had like majors that were fascinating yeah. and the combinations. So maybe it's where you internship. Maybe it's the languages you speak, the countries you've traveled to. Maybe it's things that have happened in your life that haven't been that positive, that have formed who you are and have now given you this platform yeah. to define who you are. Right. So right. I created the talk to be completely interactive because I want the audience to be I present a bit about mine, yeah. and then in the process, then they begin crafting and actively participating in what theirs is. Yeah, I like that. I like that because you need you need to know what's uniquely yours, especially if you're going to interact as a as anybody, an artist or anybody out in the world, especially now because you know all the digital noise out there. You need to figure out how do you stand out. Well, you stand out by figuring out your unique value sure. and who you are who are uniquely you? but you got to be able to distill that and articulate that and communicate that 
and yeah, answer the world. question, why you? Yeah. Why you for this job? Yeah. There are a lot of graduates on one day going out into the world. <laughs> Why you? You know, and that's yeah. really what it should answer. Mm-hmm. And that's when it doesn't come in for who's fastest, prettiest, smartest, tallest. It doesn't matter because it's those unique qualities that mm. you bring. But you need to tell them somebody what those are. Somebody across from you can't guess yeah. what your catnip is. And I want every one of those students to know what their catnip is before they walk in that door. They don't walk in and say, oh, hi, my catnip is this. But it's how they present themselves, how they are very clear in their language Mm. to say why they're right for something. Got it. So through the process, I kind of explain in the beginning how my job with uh, Seventeen was a catnip marriage. That was like a marriage made in catnip heaven because that was something that I I wanted. I was the right age. I was the I mean like everything about yeah. both of us was a fit. Yeah. So there are students who are already where they may think it's a dream, you know? I mean, you could have John Elliott who was writing to Nike when he was 8 and now doing a Nike collab. That seed was planted and watered and watered over a long period of time. Right. So there's a, there's some dream that everyone in that class set has, whether they're saying it or not, there's something in there. So pick the one and figure out, or whoever you're going to interview with, why is this a right fit? Why do you belong here? Yeah. Because you can see you open up the door to any company and there's a tribe. Right. And it's a way that they they look, the way they talk, the way they work. For 20 years, I did, oh gosh, 24 years now, I've done Fashion Week in New York and in Paris. Mm-hmm. And for almost all of Betsy Johnson and Carolina Herrera's years, when they both showed, I did Carolina, then I did Betsy, back to back. They were separated by one wall, <laughs> okay? One wall. Take a moment to kind of take that all in. Yeah. Carolina Herrera, I'd arrive at 7 a.m., We'd be there until, well, after all interviews were done, show at 10, 11, 11.30. Betsy would be going up at 2, 3, had to be there by noon, and you would be at Carolina. So, of course, order. People would come back. They'd stand up straighter. You wouldn't mm. come back with coffee cups. It would be, there was decorum. There was yeah. order. There were all kinds of things. Fine. Close that door. Open the Betsy Johnson door. There were balloons, champagne, she had candy out, the trapeze artist swings from the ceiling, and that was one wall. Yeah. And that's like fashion for you, you know? I mean, two very different people. So I talk about catnip marriage. I talk about them to them about all kinds of things, how your catnip changes as your career starts to evolve, what yeah. you've done, who you've done it with, how you've done it, what yeah. you bring to the next situation. Yeah. At 17, I was able then to bring to Promo Steel really excellent communication skills, yeah. um, but also having worked with all those stores and all those yeah. brands. I wrote the where to buy list. So right. I like knew all of that stuff. So then your catnip starts to kind of get bigger. You could see it as you've watched people's careers mm. kind of. And then maybe something kind of negative happens and then things have to shift. Right. An industry goes away. 
You lose your job. You have to you have to come up with something right, new right. and you have to kind of go back in and look at all of that history. What were the common themes? Yeah. What what are your passions? What are things that people kind of say yeah. about who you are? I even ask students like what is your non-negotiable going into a job? And yeah. nobody may think, well they think they all I need a job. I'm not thinking about the non-negotiable. And there was one student at Parsons. Yeah. I said, I can't work without natural light. And you may think like, okay, is that a catnip? Not necessarily. But that's self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And that's her looking at herself with a critical eye and saying, if I'm going to get this job, I better tell them at some point. If this is going to be a success, yeah. if we're going to have a catnip marriage, I, we need to find a window. <laughs> we need to put me next yeah. to a window, you know? And then at Stanford, there was a student athlete who I've done a lot of one-on-ones with students. The talk is a group, but then I do some one-on-ones. And this student, she was so wonderful. And she just said, you know, I'm really concerned about how far out I should push being an athlete, how far, because it may not be in the, I'm not going in athletic direction professionally. So kind of spent some time talking to her about what she wanted to do and where she was going. And I said, describe yourself. One, two, three words. And she said, boom, accountable, just straight on. Mm. Now, tell me you would not hire somebody who said she was accountable. Most people describe themselves in all kinds of different ways. In my whole career, she was the first person who ever said accountable. And that just showed she was a leader, that she did have, I mean, of course, she was accountable. She She was the captain of her team. So she was, you knew then what you were getting with her. Right. And for somebody to say they're accountable, it was like, I mean, I don't think that there were many other candidates going into jobs saying accountable, like kind of right off the bat. So those are kind of some instances about. Yeah. So how how would one like go about starting to discover what their catnip is in, in a, in a, like a tangible, practical way? Totally. Okay. So after those jobs, I was looking at possibly going to work or for a company, which was a little bit out of my wheelhouse because I'd already been on my own. Once on your own, it's kind of hard to go back in, but the job was referred to from somebody, an editor-in-chief referred me into this position that I had only met briefly, so I followed up. And I knew it didn't feel right. I knew that I needed more, but I didn't know where I was going to go. But I knew I wanted to do this TV. So you go and get a stack of Post-its and a Sharpie and get a blank wall and go to work. (laughs) (laughs) And in that process, you just start putting up every possible thing on that wall, good and bad, what you're good at, what you like, how you think. Are you somebody who needs quiet? Are you, do you need a lot of stimulation? Do you want to be at the desk? Do you want to be traveling a lot? Do you want to be half and half? Do you work always in a group Or is the way that you work more, like my work has always been full thousand percent ownership of just broadcast or just media training. And then I bring that to a group, but I've never worked in a group setting where we're all doing things together at the same time for that common goal. My awareness is knowing that that's the way I work best Mm. and that's what I need. And then write up all the things that you're not good at on that wall. The things that absolutely, like, I know I cannot be, if I was in a job that required math all day long, yeah. it wouldn't be a good job. 
but kind of move away from the things or then have like a middle zone of like where the challenges would be. Yeah. So look at that wall, move those stickums around. Yeah. Like, and then put up jobs. Yeah. So years ago, when I was doing this process, the, there were ads in the newspaper. There were ads in the New York Times. Like, I don't even know if there is a, is there even an an ad section in the New York Times anymore for jobs? And I would read them and say, like, I like that part of the job. I don't like that part of the job. I'm yeah. really good at that. I don't want to do this. And I kept saying, there's not a job that fits for me. I have to go out and create my own job. Right. So it was like, I knew television. I love television. No one owned that space. To this day, 24 years later, nobody has a PR firm that only specialized in television. Yeah. And then what were the core qualities about me? I've always been really trusted. Yeah. Producers have to trust the story I'm bringing. Yeah. They have to trust that the talent I'm bringing is prepared. They have to trust that there'll be a really good story. Yeah. So I knew that that was really the way, but I had to, I more or less kind of started yeah. from scratch, those relationships, never having worked in PR. But I knew it yeah. was like, I just knew there was no turning back. That was where I wanted to go. Yeah. And I was on my way. So does that answer your question about how they begin? If you wanted something really tangible, start there. Yeah. Then, so I guess now the next question would be like, how would like somebody like me, a freelance artist, you know, photographer, designer, cre- you know, creative apply that, you know, cause that feels a little bit, you know, in, in more of like a, a job context, like getting a job. So now okay. how, like, so like, how, say like, creators. you know, you talk about John Elliott, like getting a Nike collaboration, you know, or say like, you know, take like me, for instance, like, you know, photography has been my primary passion and medium and I love it, but I also have all these other avenues of things that I love, but there's also a different catnip within that, that those, that gets like placed out into the different mediums, whether it's a podcast or art, murals, photography, portraits, you know, I love it all. Right. So um, <laughs> this this was a question that came up quite a bit when I had one-on-ones at Stanford, yeah. where kids would say, I like everything. I'm interested in so many things. So for you, you have so much creativity that you have it coming out in many, many different forms. So the first part of the process that I would start with you is there has to be some hierarchy. One of all those forms has to kind of precede the others. Yeah. So let's say if we said podcast or photography, photography, photography. Okay. So then we've got photography. Then let's look at the whole photographic landscape mm-hmm. and start to see where things, what made somebody very identifiable. You know, Annie Leibovitz right away. You know, you know, Art Stryber right away. I yeah. mean, even if you're not in the photo- photographic world, even if you just put a bunch of photographs around a room and had people who are not in photography come around, they'd be able to find those core connections. What about your photography makes it only Nick Onkin? Right. That's the question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you've... But I think, okay, so let's work through some of that right now. Because, like, you know, style versus signature, right? Like, I have a style... Do okay, describe the style. Uh, style is colorful, bright, joyful, um, thoughtful. Who else shares that space? So let's say a magazine is deciding between picking you or three other people who also describe themselves the same way, and you have to fight for that spot. What are you going to fight about? 
great question. <laughs> That's what I've been trying to figure out. You what know, what are you going to fight for in that? So, do you bring joy and color to every single shoot, even if it's something more serious? So, let's say you were hired for mobile, you know, or I don't know, somebody, some Verizon, you're hired for, and not candy shoes. Let's say, of course, candy shoes are going to be colorful, fun. And you may not be able to see your catnip in a candies shoot as much as you maybe see where your catnip comes in to something that is not as serious. Right. So you look at Verizon ads and they look all the same, just all boring, boring, boring. Let's say, so maybe you have to leave that, that genre and go out into spaces that are not owned by you in this, that why are we hiring Nick Onkin? Well, Clearly, you need something. You need more color. You need more fun. You need more. Why are you getting people to buy phones? And then you start to see who did that. Verizon looks different. Why does Verizon look different? Right. Is that Nick Onkin? Oh, that's Nick Onkin. And now when I see Nick Onkin, I even with a critical eye see candies and I'll be like, that's Nick Onkin. Because I started to see like the real essence of who you were. So maybe you have to juxtapose things. A little bit, you know? I mean, there was an entrepreneur that we worked with that was just flat. Great talent. I was expecting somebody to come in the room that would be like, bam. Oh, no. Flat, flat, flat. (laughs) So one of the things was like, you know, plugs being pulled on your company. You've got to go in and fight for it. What are you going to fight? I wanted to see like, what were we going to get from this person? What was he going to give us that was had some life to it? Yeah. And and then we started to see like expression in the eyes or some more passion, but it wasn't until someone thought they could lose something that they didn't that they weren't able to give like all the energy towards it. Mm. So for you I would either juxtapose it or own something in that shoot. So let's say five photographers is Candy still around? I think so. I don't know. Okay, let's take Candy still cuz we're on Candies and everyone kind of <laughs> knows what Candies li- or guess. Yes. Okay. They're going to put the same kind of girl in the cutoff short and the little top and blah, 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 big hair and that signature, but they need a rejuge. So they pick four of you to do a new ad campaign for guests. And what are you going to bring to that that nobody else is going to bring? Color, energy. Okay, so tell me what that looks like. You have to sell that. What kind of colors? Where are the colors coming from? Colors come from the location. Okay, are we inside? Are we outside? Outside. Okay, we're outside. What what kind of environment is it? Texture. Wood wood textures. Outside. I, I depends. I guess depends yeah. on the. Okay, so let's take you know who was it? Was it Cindy who did that? No, it was. Oh gosh, it was the the blonde girl who had the reality show who lost weight. God, I don't know. Um, oh, 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 she was married to the 90-year-old man. <laughs> she did the, um, oh, Anna Nicole. Okay, Anna Nicole. Remember Anna Nicole? Yeah. Okay, so let's say, here it is. It's Anna Nicole. She still is in the campaign, but you have to make it look new. So let's sit here and create a totally new look. Anna Nicole was, and blonde, and like a whole lot of Marilyn-ish, but for today. Right. Okay, typically those ads were shot inside. Maybe she's on a car, maybe something like that. They weren't something associated with wood or outside. You just got back from Colorado, really inspired by Aspen. 
So what would be your spin on this? Sell it to me. Yeah, I mean, I think shooting, you could shoot it in an Aspen, like Aspen or Santa Fe, amazing places, bringing out, you know, some of that, or say like the Mabel Dodge house in Taos, where you had those kind of colorful doors and the uh, the Adobe textures, you know, put that in the background, put that kind of create, use those textures and, and pop the colors from those along with her. Okay. Would you change the wardrobe? Because you're also art direct. All of your creativity comes with a lot of art direction too. You're not just the point and shoot guy. You show up with a whole vision for what you want to do. So kind of what do you want to do with her? Right. But I mean, wouldn't you, wouldn't she could still be in the jeans, but maybe everyone's put her in the Western cutoffs, but you maybe see her in a totally different way in those cutoffs. So you're bringing in your color. You do a lot of pattern mixing. All the photos that you've been showing me of all the background and everything is about lots and lots of pattern mixing. Yeah. I mean, I love, yeah, that's what I've been really inspired by lately is different patterns and textures and colors through the patterns. A little bit of twall. We love the twall. (laughs) So maybe that's even who you bring with you. So you're stylist. So maybe that's part of your kind of your catnip is your team. So you have the vision as the photographer, and then you also have the person that knows everything about the way you both like things to look. So whether it be adding all its color, not just of, you know, obvious color that may be around her makeup or clothing, you're bringing a whole atmosphere of color into that kind of shoot, whatever it is. I mean, we're just kind of like playing around right now. But what is it that from down the street, you know, we were talking about Aviator Nation. You can tell it's Aviator Nation three blocks away. Right. Because she made it so undeniably her, and she did something very simple. It's usually the things that are really simple. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you were watching the Marc Jacobs show and you realize it's, you know, the hair is so Guido, Guido the stylist, that it's like any yeah. from so far away, it's just kind of like, ah, perfect, yeah. Guido. You know, so how did, but that's, that's a marriage between Mark and Guido to create like, you know where I'm going here, you know what I mean? And this is what the clothing looks like. And so it could be in the collaboration. Yeah, that makes sense. So, I mean, a lot of it could be like really pulling out, okay, I use a lot of textures. I use a lot of more busy, busy, organized, chaotic backgrounds. Right. And that's signature because typically guests has never had any chaos in the background. Yeah. They've been black and white. Maybe right. some color, color ones and black and white ones, but there's nothing been about texture, nothing right. about color, nothing about pattern, nothing. So what if that really became that the background was as much of a story as the jeans and the girl, mm-hmm. whereby typically they've only only sold the jeans and the girl. Right. And that you bring this whole other layer. So everywhere you're going, every location you're scouting, it's it's really signature Nick Onkin. Mm-hmm. That becomes something then people start looking for, for you. And that's something people start responding to. Consumers respond to it. Companies respond to it. And it has more life. It's new. It's fresh. Yeah. And that could be something that's absolutely that you own. Other right. people could be off doing landscapes and whatever they want to do with people, but that this is what you uniquely bring. And yeah. that's... That's just yours. 
Got it. See what I mean? Yeah. It's all how you channel all of this creativity that you're doing with all your paintings and writing and all of this is basically creating all of that basic print to be a backdrop for everything that you have in mind. And then yeah. the location, because the location tells such a big story. You right. want to go there. You want to be the girl who goes to that place, who has that colorful experience, versus when we went back to Candy's, let's say everyone was doing a girl jumping on a bed. That's not fresh. Right. Going to a place that I haven't been before that looks gorgeous, then put the girl in it, I'll buy those jeans. Yeah. See what I mean? Got it. That's your extra kind of layer. <laughs> and the catnip of the team you have with you. We asked Mark Leibowitz what his catnip was, and it was, he works with great teams. <laughs> I bring great people to work with me. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's powerful. So that could be where you kind of are in your career. Yeah. The team that you build around you that ha- shares that vision that makes it undeniably you. Got it. Got See? it. See? Yeah, and now you guys, you know, that's a big part of your process when somebody works with you individually is you help them really, really define their catnip. Absolutely. I mean, we just keep chipping and chipping (laughs) and chipping and chipping away so that it just absolutely is you. And it's not uncommon for someone like you who has so much talent, so many interests, so many ways of expressing themselves. But how are you going to package all that and put a bow on it and own it. There's <laughs> yeah, the magic. That's what I'm working on now. Well, I think we're going to see some photographs with lots of <laughs> great locations <laughs> and great patterns. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's just kind of part of the process. And for some, it's super kind of, you know, it's kind of just came to them kind of super easy or, or fast. And others, based on their experience, where did they grow up? What did they study? What were influences? Who were influenced? What did mom and dad do? What was what was in the room around you? How did you organize your bedroom? Any interior decorator you'll work with will say, I was moving the couch around to five. You know, you already have the beginnings. Cannabis isn't all of a sudden something you just wake up one day and be like, wow, okay, I have to start my catnip today. Mm-hmm. No, your catnip is something that early, early on has been starting to come up. And that's something that we find, I wish some parents could know about some of the things that we find when we do work with, yeah. with people is, um, you know, we worked with a man not long ago that, again, low, low, low energy, low voice, quiet, and it fit the occupation that he had, mm-hmm. but now he had to be a bigger presence. He had to be on a stage now, and that yeah. wasn't going to work. And repeatedly said that he was always told as a kid, sit down, calm down, be quiet, be quiet, yeah. be quiet. Well, they quieted him down so much that we could we had to spend a lot of time to yeah. get this person to be able to have some expression. Yeah, absolutely. So who you are is who you are. If you go back if we went back to Nick Onk in kindergarten, yeah. we'd already see little, little rosebuds of <laughs> of this starting to starting to come up. Yeah. It's and it's just who you are. I mean, and that's the beginning of the process. Yeah, absolutely. We just help put a spotlight on it. Yeah. And help people look then more critically than how do you take all those skills and bring them out into the world? Right. And how do you distill it into those like three words that you're talking about? You know, like yeah. like the the fast, the fast catnip. If you're wow. like projecting that out, right? You're writing all these post-its on the wall and all these things, how do you distill it to the three main 
That happens attributes. a lot with clothing companies, with designers. Mm. Because let's say somebody says they're classic. Classic. Okay. Are you Ralph Lauren classic? Are you Brooks Brothers classic? Are you Michael Kors classic? What, what kind of Tommy Hilfiger classic? Right. So then if we take all those classics and like break them all down, and they could automatically say, no, not that one, more this one, a little bit of that one, and start to kind of put things together. Women's clothing line. Maybe say, I'm colorful. Yes, there's colorful, but there's also, and, but tell me about your colors. I mean, are you neon colorful? I mean, where, how will I find you? What's you? Yeah. And then how can you put words to, to that that make it only yours? Like that girl did accountable, mm-hmm. you know, one picked audacious. That's not a word you hear no. really quickly. Right. And she was like, it's audacious. I mean, and then that really became signature. So when you're doing press, you have language that's uniquely yours. Mm. That is, you give that back, you give it back, and then it becomes more and more associated with you, just like storytelling. Because that's also the way you help craft who you are from a press perspective, if you're going out in front of the press. Right. Not everyone we work with is going out in front of the press. Right. They have all kinds of different things. Somebody, an actor, has a whole other, they may be promoting a movie that they've moved on from in the new movie they're in now. Right. How do they get back to that space, physically, emotionally, mentally, in every kind of way? They've promised they'd promote that movie that they did two years ago. And that was kind of very light. Let's say it was a really light movie, romantic comedy. And now he's really in dramatic roles. And he really wants to present himself as this dramatic person because that's where he wants to go. But he has to find that sweet spot to move back into the space of the romantic economy guy to promote that movie. So how is he going to, where is he going to land? So we work with somebody on everything from their walk, their interaction with the other cast members that they may have, maybe they were in love, maybe they weren't in love. Maybe they made up that they were in love, but they really, they, maybe they said they had an affair, but there wasn't an affair. Maybe there was really an affair. Maybe they hate each other, but you have to sell a movie. Yeah. How are we going to do it? So that's why with a cast, we media train everyone together and separately. And then we know the nuances. Yeah. And we know how it's all going to kind of fit together. And it's not faking anything. It's here's a safe space. Rehearse it now. Figure out what that looks like before you're in front. That's why even when anyone receiving an award, from the moment that camera let's say it's Academy Awards, shows you in the audience from your facial expression to how you stand up, who you thank before you even get there, (laughs) and how you approach the podium Yeah, is already sending 8,000 messages before you say one word. So it's the awareness of marrying the body and the mind and the spirit and the brain and (laughs) all these kind of factors. There are a lot of factors involved. Yeah. So much fun. Oh my gosh. So much fun. (laughs) So deep. It is. It is. So deep. And no one would know. And that's also why we don't reveal who we work with. Right. No one should know that we've been behind some change. Yeah. You know, it's like dancing with the stars. Yeah. Some people have a lot of rhythm when we get there, some people, not so much. And we've got to help somebody find their rhythm and then get them to do some moves and go across the dance floor. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, and it's also, you're kind of just taking what's there and deep down and 
pulling it to the surface of who they are. They're, right. They have the best qualities, right? Right. That kind and, of quality. And maybe their body is saying, I'm not worthy mm. of this award. We had someone mm. who was like, do not nominate me for any more awards. This person's told the team, <laughs> don't. I'm not going. I don't want it. No, no. And there was an underlying. So we got in there, we did the excavation, and right, right out the bat, it was like, oh, all these other people have wow. this, this, and this, and I didn't do that. And they're going to know, and there's going to, it's all going to come out. And I don't want, I'm going to go over here. I'm not going to take the awards. And we worked on that. Wow. And this person emceed the event the next year. Oh my God. Crazy. <laughs> no, that was so much fun. Yeah. And became so confident, then became cursing. And it was like, no, 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 no. Don't become that confident. Uh, wow. No, no, back that up. Back that up. You went from not deserving okay, to take like, it down yeah. A notch. Right. And then it's kind of like, whoa. Um, yeah. You've got to find that place. But that's the work we do. And that's yeah. why people call us. Yeah. And we love it like crazy. Yeah. You know, it was every, every situation is completely unique yeah. that we walk into, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. It's fun. That inner world. Diving to that inner world is is a is sure a big space. yeah a lot of young women CEOs today. There was you know one in particular who got very small. Sometimes mm-hmm. women get very small and smaller and smaller and smaller, and they're interviewing like this. So we have to go in and open them up and figure out where did all that closing in come from? What was that protecting? Mm. And that worked for you at one point, but that doesn't work for you anymore. Yeah. Because you're a big star now. And you can't use tools that you used before that no longer serve you. Yeah. So we've got to get you to open up and figure out why the close in. Let's kind of open you back up, sit up, everything comes up. Because everything about the expression, once you start opening up this whole area, it may it causes a complete shift. Yeah, absolutely. I think the process is is very deep, but I think if there's any other advice you have to share about you know, find people finding themselves and finding their uniqueness to share, especially as for an artist perspective, right? Because most people listening here are the designers, photographers, musicians, um, illustrators, people like that. So Sure. Well, the mission for Catnip is that we want to speak to as many students as we possibly can reach around the world. Yeah. Some of them will be in person, but then others that what we're doing is building out, even just on Instagram, social media, what at what at what's your catnip? Yeah. And so what we want talent to do is start creating videos under sixty seconds with your phone. Super mm. easy. State who you are, say what you do, and say what your catnip is. Love it. And this way we want to drive creatives, talent of all kinds, all people's walks of life, every different job. I mean my vet has catnip that other cat that other vets don't have. It could be it could be a vet, or it could be a painter, or it could be a hairstylist. It could be whomever, and start building a community where people can start to go and watch those. Mm. So we'll all land on that in that library on that site that they will just hashtag what's your catnip, and eventually it's hashtag what's your catnip photography, what's your catnip culinary arts, whatever it is, and start having some insight hearing from other people in a very short way that didn't need a long story about what brought somebody, why you answering the question, why you? Hmm. And that's will be, that will start the process of you saying, I didn't think of that. 
I never thought that after one industry closed that this door could open because I have this shared skill set. Yeah. Or it's just any kind of of tool that somebody can even just step back and say, somebody who's done one of it for us is Susie L.F. Schwartz from Unplugged Meditation. Mm. And Susie was a fashion editor for many, many magazines. And so here you've got fashion editor, meditation studio, owner, books, apps, all the rest. And she explains how she took that skill set, what led her to be able Mm. to move into that new space. So we really want to create this community where people can go to a library and open their eyes about, I never thought of that. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's how they did that. That's how they perceive themselves. That's how the world perceives them. And just give that landing. That's the goal of it. Love it. So yeah, that it sounds like that's a good resource for people to begin to kind of like hear what other people as catnip are and like and kind of get ideas of 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 their own. Yes. It would well, just give you different things to think about without having to read books and books and books of biographies. Yeah. That you could just see something kind of, you know, lightning fast and then go like boom, I get it. And then they can reference. So let's say it's Nick Onkin and Nick is talking about his catnip being color and pattern and what makes you uniquely you, then they start identifying that. And then they click on Nick Anka and they're like, oh, I get it. That's it. I see it. I see what he's doing. That's his. I only Now I'm, when I see this ad, I see the Verizon ad. We're going to get you a Verizon deal by the end of this. <laughs> so I see the Verizon ad. I don't know why Verizon, but I just think that it's too flat. There's no, there's no life to all those, all those consumer brands that need to have a lot more life around them to get your attention. So have a great background and have a great set, have a great location, make it colorful, make it interesting. Have you, because catnip is what sets you apart and what makes you stand out, Mm -hmm. but it also is like the magnet. It's what, I mean, Mm -hmm. if you watch a cat with catnip, they're not letting that thing go. (laughs) So like, where's the pull? And that's what we want. And you literally, if somebody then saw your next Verizon campaign, I mean, or telling me anybody that you want, and we'll put it out there, that they would be like, oh, I get it. I see Nick. And then they'd see Nick over here. And then they see Nick over here. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like how you know what Pharrell is doing. Before you even first beat the music, I mean, or (laughs) before he even walks in the door, you know what's going to be like Pharrell. You know, you know. And then, and that's, you know, what were the things that set somebody apart? You know, you look at Gaga, and we've worked with Gaga, I could say that, from a TV way. We launched a fragrance. Oh, cool. And we also worked with her on another project in London 10 years ago. And so Gaga made a big statement visually. You know, yeah. she really, you know, came out in a very, very big, unmistakable way. And then she was so smart. And then eventually she kind of peeled back some of those layers when she was already known. So that's the other part of this. Be purposeful. Where, what do you want to do? Where, what's your goal? Where do you want to go with this? Yeah. You know, I just signed up for Jesse Itzler's Build Your Life resume. I don't know if you know, <laughs> Jesse's the one who had one of the the Marines in the water. What are the guys who swim in the water? The Marines? Oh, the SEAL. A, a SEAL. He had yeah. a Navy SEAL move in the house. And he has another book where he lived with the monks. Yeah. And so Jesse is very time sensitive. Like, we don't have much time. Come on now. Come on. Like, what, where are you going with this? So have a purpose. Yeah. Be purposeful about where you want that to go. And once you shift that thinking and be like, okay, I know that that's where I want to go. Walk around. See whose ads are as boring as hell. Yeah. What can you bring to them and make them kind of uniquely yours? 
you've got it going on. You got it. Got your signature. Yeah, it <laughs> is. It's just that's just totally, totally you. Absolutely. And that's exciting. That's what I want to see, Nick. I'm going to be looking for that. I'm excited. <laughs> what you showed us just before is is very uniquely you. And that's yeah. why I said right away, like, this should be, what are you going to do with these? Because they're so powerful and they're so beautiful. Yeah. And they all share, every picture that you showed shared something that was, because you know, early on you said colorful, joyful, happy, something else. Thoughtful. Thoughtful. Yeah. And this, and it's joy, but it's not, some of them were not in an obvious way. Joy kind of like came from the color combinations. Yeah. Joy came from imagining what that experience was for the model. Right. It came from someplace else instead of such a very outward joy. Look at me. I'm jumping up and down with balloons and I'm happy and it's my birthday. There's (laughs) that joy. And then there's joy like, wow, that was a joyful trip Mm -hmm. wherever this person went. I want to know more. I want to know more. I want to know more. So I would, the thoughtful part is your depth. Yeah. So I would go to that space. Yeah. Or soulful. Yeah. And that's also uniquely you versus if you were hired for straight fun. Mm -hmm. And there are people hired for even like wedding photographers. I mean, look at even just wedding photography. Right. You know, why this person? Some... We know one wedding photographer who's only urban, urban, everything about his shoots is just shoots urban. And then you've got the country ones. I mean, like what, why do you, why do you hire that person? There's a reason why people hire who they hire or pick who they pick. And it's very fast. You know, if they went into a room and they're like, are we going to pick Nick Onkin? You know, and this is why that's Nick, you know, that's what you want them to say. And how are you? So back into that, like an athlete, actually sees the game one before they even get to the field, be the, it's Nick. Yeah. And how do you back into that space? Right. That's the way you have to kind of do it. Yeah. Easier said than done, but I think we're halfway there. <laughs> Easier said than done. Just keep, of- keep those backgrounds. You have to travel all the time, I think. Yeah. You have to be in these fabulous places where you go because you create magic wherever you go. And you've traveled all over the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess I would say this trip to Santa Fe and Aspen was very magical. Like, it just, like, I think that was a good start to really kind of discovering some of that. Sure, absolutely. That's core you. Put those out there. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, one last question that I love to ask everyone on the show is, what does the phrase live inspiration mean to you? What does the phrase live inspiration mean to you? I am... I'm someone who, it was interesting, I was having makeup done. Makeup artist knows me for like over 20 years, like 15 years. And she's very much about signs. And I'm a cancer. Mm. And cancer is mama bear. I take care of everybody. <laughs> I'm going to be I'm going to be texting you before you go on a stage. I'm going to be texting when you get off a stage. I'm going to be backstage sometimes. I mean, I'm going to be, I am that person. But then I also have Gemini. Now, I forget if it's like the moon and the sun and the rising, but I have Gemini and I also have Libra. And the Libra is a lot about the beauty and the Libra is the balance of people. Mm. I'm able to move between a lot of different people. And then the Gemini is where the media comes in. That's kind of where the spotlight comes mm. in. So that's kind of who makes me. Mm-hmm. As a result, I have as many interests as you have outlets for your art. I love 
ever I'm inspired by people in wellness. I'm inspired by people's music. I'm inspired a lot by artists. I'm inspired by all kinds of things. So every client that we work with, we prepare for a lot. Mm-hmm. So I could be becoming a quote expert in in a short period of time from everything from Bitcoin to sustainability to someone's movie as I go. So my in terms of living inspiration, I live it in the sense of lots and lots and lots is coming into me on a regular basis from everybody that we work with, from everybody that we prepare for. And I live it in the joy that I do in this work. I mean, I was made for this. I honestly was like put on this (laughs) earth and the inspiration is coming from me from so many different places. And it gives me a lot of energy, a lot of fuel, a lot of passion and it keeps me wildly stimulated, which is why I couldn't take that big, fat, fancy job. <laughs> that would have been one brand that goes right. really back to what my catnip is. Yeah. So that I need a lot of stimulation to do the work that I do best. So I'm inspired to... I love just, it. Yeah, that's how I live it, is uh, the it really, really being joyful. I get to work with my sister. Yeah. It's kind of the dog comes to the office. I, life couldn't get much better. It's pretty good. I love it. I love it. And if people want to follow you or work with you, where should they go? You can go to the website, whatsyourcatnip.com. Mm-hmm. And there you'll learn about us there. And then you can, from there, you can find us on Instagram or a little bit of Facebook here and there. But that would, I yeah. don't tweet. I think there are people getting troubled to tweet. No, <laughs> sorry, I, haven't, I don't tweet, but um, you can find me in those ways. And the whole idea is start producing some videos for us. Yeah. Send us videos. You know, people froze. And no, but people don't want to be leaders. Mark was our first leader. Yeah. I put it out there. And Mark was like, yeah, I'll have it for you right away. Mark Leibowitz, rock <laughs> star. Um, people follow. Yeah. And so now the more that we really need to kind of get that momentum going, they don't have to be perfect. That's why I want it on a cell phone. Just put it out there. Say who you are. Put a hashtag, what's your catnip? And let's get people, people eyeballs. And yeah. then you could find talent. People could be like, oh, I saw Nick Onkin. What's your catnip? Yeah. And now I know what his catnip is. And let's hire him for whatever ad Love or it. whatever editorial or whatever celebrity, whatever. So that's kind of how that's going to happen. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for thanks, offering Nick. all of your wisdom. And uh, thanks for coming on. Oh, so much fun. Thank <laughs> you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to today's episode of Neon Radio with Marie Griffin. I'm your host, Nick Onkin. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love it if you could leave a post or a story talking about what your catnip is with the hashtag, what's your catnip? And what makes you uniquely you? So you can also share this episode out on that. It's neonradio.com slash EP149 is the quick link. And feel free to get in touch with us. We'd love to hear what you think. I love hearing your guys' feedback and how the podcast has helped you in your life. So with that, you know what time it is. It's time to go out and create your life by creating every small moment. And we'll see you next time.